welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Monica. And, uh, look it. Guys, we're, we're together. We're in the same room. It's gonna be even funner because, like, hearing the intros when we've been filming separately, after you go, and I'm MK, there's, like, a good, like, three-second hold, and then it's, like, and I'm Monica because well, of the Well, normally it's because you're waiting for me to, like, point to you, and I don't know why. That is also true, and now I don't need to be pointed at. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what I was going to say. It's been a fun day. Today has been, so here's the thing. Um, Monica was supposed to come to my house at 11 so that we could watch the movie and then immediately film the podcast. It is 7 p.m. because I decided to go shopping at 10 o'clock. And I was here at 11 waiting for me. Me and George are hanging out. Granted, I went shopping to buy ingredients to make our own crab rangoon, which was delicious. So They were amazing. Like, not even mad about it. Yeah, they're pretty great. But... How was your week? We have to, we have to do the how oh. was your week. There's been a lot <laughs> since the last time we talked. I guess that is accurate. At least here. Because I think it's actually probably been... Two weeks. No, it's been two podcast episodes, but it's been three, three weeks. weeks since we recorded. That's... Holy shit. So, um, surprise! I moved back to America! She's home. I've only been talking about it for the last six months. <laughs> um... My week has been uh, fairly uneventful because I'm combating jet lag and trying to figure out what my life is now that I am 29 years old and unemployed and living with my parents. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm great. You just started this, like, stare. No, I know. It's it's great. My dad just keeps reminding me, you're going to be 30 soon. I'm like, <laughs> See, for me, I've, I don't even know why we asked me this question. I do nothing. I simply do nothing. My brother came to visit. Your cousin came to visit. Oh, yeah, I met my nephew, finally, after yeah. like two years. He's, what, two years old now? Yeah, he's two. He's going to be right. three next March. Um, he's really funny. I love that kid. Could, Tyler, I'm really sorry if you're listening to it. That is the most annoying two-year-old I've ever met in my life. Um, Honestly, Tyler, I promise you, isn't listening. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's true. We talked a lot of shit about him on this podcast. <laughs> if he did, I think I feel like we would have gotten text messages at this point yeah. <laughs> about why are you talking shit about me on your podcast, okay. along with probably a lot of other people if they listen to it. We, I'm pretty sure last week's episode we called him Macaulay Culkin. No, we said he didn't look like a cracked out Macaulay Culkin. He didn't. Oh yes, we said that Tyler yeah. didn't look yeah. like that, but somebody else did. We name dropped last video. Yeah, if you watch two people, if you watch our bloopers videos. Congratulations, because... Enjoy that. I, I'm i going really to... Here's down. my public statement for apologizing how I am. At this point, I was not expecting that to be aired um, until we came up with the blooper idea. And then Mary Kay was like... Uh, so I watched the video, and I was like, I really am stupid sometimes. Um, I just would like to um, share one message that Courtney said about herself after watching the blooper part of the video. She said, thanks for showing me super disconnected until I needed to talk about my wine on my heater. Oh, and sex. Clearly, that's all I'm interested in based on these bloopers. <laughs> Which is completely untrue, but um, 
funnily enough, my mom was watching the blooper episode, and then immediately we both started Googling when the first time we'd seen any of these actors that I kept telling my wanting to have sex with, and my mom kept showing me that she thought they were cute before I was born, and that was really uncomfortable. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The only one that I can say that my mom has that I have a crush on now is Johnny Depp. Right. But, no, I mean, God, what is his name from Dharma and Greg? Hodge. I can never remember the actor's Me neither. name. But my mom was talking about a show that he was on that came out in 1990, and I was born in 1992. So, I was like, cool, great, awesome. Um, other than that, we have, um, also, because this will be on Mother's Day, happy Mother's Day to all the moms listening. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug a song here, you're gonna hate me, because I already told you about it, but if you're anything like me and you listen to this podcast and you love horror, um, you listen to a band called Ice and Kills that I've only talked about a thousand times on the podcast, they released their cover, uh, I don't wanna say cover, because it's not really a cover, but like it is, it's a parody cover, cover, of, uh, Stacy's Mom, and it's called Jason's Mom. And if you have two brain cells, you'll figure out what that means. So go listen to the song and show it to your mother. Also, this is not about Mother's Day, but I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast because, um, excuse me, I'm drinking Dr. Pepper, um, because we haven't filmed in so long, but um, MacGyver was canceled. I'm so sorry. I, I have not watched the last three episodes because I refuse to accept that it's over. Like, I'm literally just so depressed. I mean, when you get a show like that and you don't want to accept that it's ending, you're going to drag it out as long as you possibly can. You guys, you guys, I talk about the show all the time for no reason. Like, I don't even know why I'm obsessed with it. But literally, if you watch this podcast, you know that I talk about MacGyver probably every week. Yeah, for sure. Um, but... For as exciting, since we've been gone for three weeks, it still feels like when we come back to talk about whatever's going on in their lives, it's like, Mary-Kate's either, she moved across the country, or she's excited to move across the country, or, hi, I'm Monica, I've done nothing but sit in existential dread for the past week and a half. Um, but here we are now, fresh start, new chapter in the Death and Aliens podcast, which I think is going to be a really fun because time. not only are we in the same room... We're on a new show. Which, like, thank God, because, listen, I'm sorry, Joel Delafuente, you beautiful, beautiful man, but if I had to watch one more episode of Hemlock Grove, I was probably going to stab myself in the eyeball. Yes. At least we know what it would look like if that happened now. Because then we watched something we're like... Yeah, yeah. No, that look was not because you were wrong. That look was because I was disgusted. (laughs) And listen, that's what you can count on me for. To disgust you, that's what I am. Usually it's not for any reason other than you're you. Thanks. <laughs> so today we are beginning the next chapter of Death and Aliens. And we are watching Shack. Sorry, my phone is apparently not on silent. I wonder if your mind's on that as well. We're watching Kolshak, the Night Stalker, which, uh, as we were discussing a few weeks ago, I think we both just burped at the same time. We're really cute. Yeah. As we were discussing a few weeks ago, we were trying to decide if we were going to watch the prequel movies or just the show. Talked to my dad, whose idea it was for us to do the show anyway, and he said, definitely watch the movies first. So we did, obviously. Because when my dad tells me to do something, I usually listen. There you go. My dad's the smartest person I've ever met. 
And I'm not just saying that because it's my dad. He's the smartest people, most the smartest person most people have ever met. And I will attest to this. He's not my father, but I agree. So we watched the first Kolchak movie, which was just called The Night Stalker. It premiered as the ABC Movie of the Week on January 11th, 1972. So we're throwing it back. I wanted to get a lava lamp to throw it back hardcore for the 70s. Um, but I don't actually know how lava lamps work, and I'm pretty sure mine is so old that the lava part of the lava lamp doesn't work anymore. And it just kind of looks like someone vomited into a tube of lemonade. I'm really sorry for anyone that I just gave that visual image to, but that is extremely accurate if you were to see yeah. it. <laughs> um, so, it was written... Well, it's based on a novel by Jeffrey Grant Rice, who um, I really could not find out any information about him other than that he wrote other Kolchak novels. So, And the screenplay was written by Richard Matheson, um, who is a dope screenplay writer in the yeah. early in the 60s and 70s. He wrote um, a, basically all of the Edgar Allan Poe um, miniseries episodes for Roger Corman's, uh, like, horror thing in the 1960s. He wrote 16 episodes of The Twilight Zone. Did he do Dark Shadows as well? Or was it no, the, the, the producer. The producer. Yeah. Um, the producer, it's produced by Dan Curtis, who did all the Dark Shadows stuff. Um, but the Richard Matheson is a screenwriter, but he's actually primarily a novelist, which, of course... Made me happy. Um, he wrote the novel I Am Legend that the Will Smith movie was based on. Um, actually, the Will Smith movie is the third version of that movie, if you really want to know. Um, and then he also wrote the novel for What Dreams May Come, which is my favorite Robin Williams movie that I still have not watched since he died because depression. And apparently he's Stephen King's favorite author. Yes. And I think that's a pretty nifty thing. If, that's, if you can be the scariest man in novel writings... Favorite author, I would feel accomplished at that point. Yeah. <laughs> it was directed by John Llewellyn Moxie, which I think is honestly the coolest name I've ever heard. Could you imagine just be like walking like down the street, like in the 70s when this was like cool and you see your first, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your last name first, like I'm Moxie. Like just imagine I'm, Mo I'm Foxy Moxie. Everyone would call you that. No, it's wouldn't. the 70s. But Let I mean, Moxie's that. a dope name, but like I just like the name Llewellyn. Lou Ellen is also because really it's cool. not like Lou Ellen. It's the way it's spelled. It's, it's like two L's. It's L L E W E L L Y N. I'm pretty sure it's a Welsh name because I can't imagine anyone else spelling a name that oh way. Yeah, Lou Ellen. That's actually really cool though. This welcome to us fangirling about someone's name and how yeah. cool it sounds. Yeah. Um. He has a hundred and two television directing credits. And when Mary-Kate said this number out loud, I thought she was going to say he was 102 years old. And I was like, why is this man still alive? Or did he die just no, recently? No, he did die in 2019, and he was about 94. Well, damn, he was pretty damn close. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yes. But, no, 102 directing credits, um, including, like, 16 episodes of Armchair Theater. Um, he directed seven episodes of the original Mission Impossible TV show, which, fuck Tom Cruise. If you want Mission Impossible, watch the TV show. Um... He also directed, like, the original Hawaii Five-0, like, the original Magnum, like, all that stuff. He was, like, super, super famous television director in the 60s and 70s. And I will say, before we get into um, the, you know, plot and everything when it comes to this, the 70s are one of my favorite decades for style. 
art like even when it comes to film, when it comes to music, when it comes to clothing, makeup, everything about the 70s, I love it so much. And I can't describe it and watching this and looking at the fashion and the way that the film movie was shot. I also really, really liked that. She did multiple times while watching it say, oh, that's a really nice shirt or that's a really nice dress. And I was like, I literally knew you were going to think that. I think that the combination of brown and yellow should be abolished. If it's done properly, you can get away with it. I don't. I, I personally wouldn't, but like the warm tones, no, but I mustard, love. yellow, and brown are the two ugliest colors in the world. Even sometimes mustard yellow, but it has to be paired with the right colors. I love the greens and the orange, like the greens and orange with the, like the flowers on it. That stuff's cute. Like it, I, I love it. I would never wear it now because I know I would get bullied. But by I, me, she by would get her. bullied by me. Okay, I will get a whole seventies fit together for next week's episode, and you have to too. We're doing this on camera. We're doing it together. I don't have anything. Ugly We're enough. going shopping. We're going thrifting. You can get up. I'm on unemployed. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yes, but you qualify for government assistance true. on unemployment. I do not. That is true. Um, so I will still dress like it's 1970. I she usually does. I mean, look at even like the, her bra sticking out of her shirt right now is the 70s. Ow! <laughs> I listen. The plot description of the movie, The Night Stalker, says, An abrasive Las Vegas newspaper reporter investigates a series of murders committed by a vampire. Now, if this doesn't already sound awesome to you, right. leave the channel. <laughs> Unlike Hemlock Grove, that uh, description actually fucking made sense. It was perfect, simple, and to the point, and it got literally the whole important synopsis of what the show was without you know, having to be ambiguous and talk about the most random shit. Because they could have talked about people's eyebrows in the show instead of actually the show, which is felt like what Reading Hemlock Grove's blurbs on Netflix were like. But I think that more relies on Netflix. Yeah. And not Hemlock Grove. But I also don't know because do they have to submit it in when they get the show submitted? I, that's fine, really. Um, so I don't know how you want to do this because... I don't know. First of all, it's a movie, so mm-hmm. it's about an hour like, and 20 minutes. Yeah. And I don't think going through it scene by scene is really necessary. No, because even the synopsis basically is what it is. Yeah. I feel like we could talk about who Kolshak is. Yeah. The What they did for shooting everything. Yeah. Storytelling-wise, things we liked about oh, it. Oh, and like, don't worry, you'll get to hear all my notes, because my notes are funny. Yes. Um, but I think handling it, like, that way and just going off based on what we liked, certain scenes we liked about it. And I kind of want to just read through my notes, every note, and then see what conversation that starts. Okay, let's go for it. All right. So, my first note says, told as a tape recording after the case is over. Basically, that's the setup. Yes. I, I needed to know. So, this whole entire movie is narrated by Kolshak after the case is over. So, he's, like... reminiscing reminiscing um, telling what's happening so like there are some parts of it like there's a lot of like dates like on this day in this year this is the part of the case that happened mm -hmm. i have no idea what any of those dates were i did not pay attention to any of them me neither but i don't think that that's important it's basically setting up that all these women have gone missing and kolshek starts to notice a pattern in between each girl's missing or death 
that has happened. And it seems like a lot of people are keeping it on the DL and, like, being a little sus about everything, which, I mean. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, that was a very small garbage can. That is my next note. Specifically, what garbage can did you see? <laughs> okay, so the very first murder that we see. The, oh, what did he, the garbage can that he stuffed, stuffed her, her in. Yeah, Got so it. he. Because it looked like it was just the width of an arm that was in yeah, there. He killed this girl and he left her in the garbage pile. And then the next morning, the guys come in with a garbage can and it's literally like a bathroom garbage can sized <laughs> garbage can. And I was like. How did he fit her body in that? And the thing is, is when her they the garbage can conveniently tipped over, it would looked like it was just her arm. Like did he dismember her it was body? Her arm and her head. Yeah, I, I and I I honestly couldn't tell that it was her head because there was like so much paper and shit in it that I couldn't tell what was her bleach ass blonde hair and white paper. Yeah, that's the only issue that I um, have with that. Which is not really a note that is relevant to the plot at all. These are these are the things that go through my head. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we get to the one note, there's a note that Mary Kate wrote down, and as I was saying it out loud, she was like, "I was, I was just going to write that down in my notebook." Yeah. <laughs> um, my next note says, "Kolshak is a sass master." Oh yeah, um, his dialogue is the absolute best thing about this entire show. For sure. Like I cannot get over it. And I, I, if this is how he's going to be for the next twenty episodes, I think his character enough. Even if like there are some like. Small problematic things, because obviously since this is taking place in the 70s, obviously effects are not going to be the best things to exist. But I don't care, because I like his character way too much. He just cracked me up. What did he say? He would, like, always, like, throw sass at how shitty the police officers were at doing their job. But when I first wrote that, it was literally, it was something that he said to his boss. Boss. And I don't even know what he said, but I was... Next time we'll have to write down some of the zingers. I wrote some of the, I wrote some of the zingers down, too, but, like, I just could not. He was cracking me up. <laughs> he was really funny throughout the whole thing. Um, my next note was something that Kolchak said that I really like, because I feel like it's kind of, like, the vibe of this whole show. Mm-hmm. The police officer was like, is that even possible? And Kolchak said, if it happened... It's possible. possible. Yeah. And I feel like that is, like, Kolchak's whole persona, because he doesn't really, like, he doesn't really come off as, like, a very superstitious person. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, like, monsters and demons and ghosts. It's all real. I believe yeah. in it all right away. But he's, like, if vampire is the only explanation, then vampire is the only explanation. Like, yeah. that's that's just what it is. If it happened, it's possible. Yeah. And, because, okay, if we run into, because I know it goes into alien territory. Yeah. Because he tries to sell to the police department that it's a vampire. And, of course, they, they're they literally not taking any of that shit. They're like, no, it's not. I really want to hear him, like, sell an alien case so badly. Because, like, even though, like, vampires, like, it's a stretch. But, like, doing, like, something so... What's the word? Like out of this world, I guess. <laughs> like, something that's, like, so far-fetched. Yeah. That, like, if you would tell someone who knew for a fact that they existed, and they were still like, no, that didn't happen, like, I want to see how he would handle something like that, because I think it would have a lot of room for a comedic purpose. Yeah. Uh, my ex note 
It says, gets all the victims from casinos, but, like, it's Vegas. So, question mark. Because all oh. all of the missing women, every single one of the missing women, when they described where the woman went missing from, it was from a different, different casino. casino. on Fremont Street, which Fremont Street, well, that was the only strip back then. Right. But this is the thing. I was like, oh, I took a note, and then I was like, oh, all of the women are coming from casinos. And then I was like... It's Vegas. It's Vegas, and it's nighttime. Of course they're all coming from mm-hmm. casinos. Never mind. And I think that it's funny that they had a note that, like, I feel obviously that they had a note that down, but, like, you're in Vegas at night on Fremont Street, where else are you leaving from? It's either that or a strip club. Or, or a very cheap, sketchy buffet in the basement of a casino. I've never been to Vegas. I went to one with my father. Here's a really fun story. Dad, and I know Tyler, you're not listening, but Dad, if you are, you'll remember the story. There was an outside bar on Fremont. Now, Fremont and the Vegas Strip is now the Vegas Strip. Yeah. Two completely different things. Fremont, you're going to see a lot, like, you see weird things on the normal Vegas Strip. Fremont, you go past 10 o'clock like, at is night. Is like, OBC? It, like, there's nuns in pasties. And people in costumes half naked. Which I'm like, sure, go for I it. Mean, it's like a parade down there all the time. Well, t- there's a strip bar outside, and Tyler had just turned 21. And so Tyler got, I think he tried to give his number to a stripper, <laughs> I think they're trying to give his number to a stripper or he got up on the bar with the stripper I can't remember exactly because I wasn't allowed to go because I was only 14 in Vegas on Fremont Street so remember earlier when I said that my nephew was the most annoying person in the world that's his father yeah and you want to know what else he did so obviously you get like sex workers cards out there like they're baseball trading cards and Tyler <laughs> Was stocking them up, and he called one, and he literally asked this girl to wear a hot dog costume to the hotel and to, like, buy, like, a 30-pack of hot dogs and eat them or use them. And then they were, like, actually going to send this person over. And I was like, but why? And I was like, no, I'm good. And then he hung up. If you know my brother, I'm so sorry. I have never been to Vegas. I don't really know if I ever want to go to Vegas. I really don't want to go back. There's only the only reason why I would ever probably ever go to Vegas is because they had the Tim Burton Museum down there. Yeah, but it's not there anymore. And it's not there anymore, so yeah. I really don't have any use to go to Vegas. I don't want to go get drunk there. That would just I mean, scare hold on. Me. Who has Vegas residencies right now? Oh, um, people who like are the shows. In the casinos, it's called the Vegas a Vegas residency. Oh, so who has Vegas residencies in two one t twenty one? Ooh, Usher. Oh. Let it burn when the feeling ain't the same. And I was not. Okay, hold on. Vegas residencies in twenty twenty one. Barry Manilow. Okay. Share, but Share's been there forever. Yeah. Usher. David Lee Roth from Van Halen. He likes the menorah. He does. (laughs) Uh, Sting, the Scorpions, and ZZ Top, the Blue Man Group, Chris Angel, and Cirque du Soleil. You want to know what this is for? My father. Because you know what? Every person who goes to Vegas is like my father. Um, I was just talking to someone the other day who said that they really liked Chris Angel, and I then blocked their phone number. Listen, when I'm drinking soda... Ew! 
I'm gonna smack myself in the face. When you're drinking pop. <laughs> when I am drinking pop, don't make me laugh. <laughs> it will come out my nose and it won't be pretty. And then we'll have to clean it up. Uh, Kolchak makes a comment about Count Dracula and then gets a phone call that blood is missing from the hospital. Now, okay, for some context. She thought it was a lot more cryptic than that. I did. I thought there was some secret message going on. Mm-hmm. I watch TV with subtitles because I have audio processing deficiencies. When people talk to me, this is me in every conversation. They say something to me. I say, what? And then before they repeat themselves... I answer because I did hear them. I just didn't understand it in. for like 15 minutes. And I think that like, I get like that too. And I honestly think it's like, I don't want to say ADHD brain because I'm not, you know, yeah. educated in that. But from, you know, like TikTok and hearing people who have like ADHD and ADD and all that stuff, they say subtitles help them know what's happening in the show. Because if they were just watching and listening, it would just be like, Random words here, 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 and here. No, I I hear everything. I just process it at a a later time unless I'm also reading it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I like, I I don't, I'm not saying I have ADHD, but I like watching it with subtitles because I'll literally watch a whole part of it and be like, okay, but what just, what was just said? So I paused it like way after this conversation to ask Monica and my dad what the conversation was about, but because it wasn't nearly as cryptic as I thought mm-hmm. it was, they both were like, no. And he's like, oh, he said something about Count Dracula. I'm like, yeah, because he just stole blood from a from the hospital. No, but the blood from the hospital was the phone call. After, after and that's why I was confused. And he was ma- like, he was making a joke about all these women losing so much blood, so he was calling him Count Dracula as a joke, but then it seemed to hold a lot of weight with that statement of, yeah. Maybe it, maybe the the count is here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next part. So they, uh, my ex says, some type of suction device and a dog bite. Haha, filled with human saliva. Okay, right. Yeah. So the coroner was explaining what happened, and they were like, there was no blood on any of the scenes because it was removed with some type of suction device. It could have been a giant dog. But there was human saliva in the blood marks. And so Kolchak's like, sounds like a vampire to me. And they were all like, no. And then he was like, so you mean to tell me a dog did this? He's like, no, but I'm saying that's what it looks like. I'm like, listen, I don't care how skeptical you are. You literally, even if they're not an actual vampire, someone is out there sucking exactly. someone's blood. Like, exactly. that is actually being but proven also, here. Like, you don't have to be an actual vampire device? to do that. Bite someone and then uses a suck. What is a suction device? A vacuum. I tell you, give yourself fake hickeys. <laughs> oh, sorry. I was just picturing somebody taking a vacuum you- cleaner up and su- oh god, Wait. that wouldn't work. You wouldn't be able to do just blood if you had a vacuum cleaner to a hole in a neck. But- yeah. How do vampires? How? Well, okay. Listen, real quick. Are you Literally. honestly about to ask me about the physics of vampires? Maybe. But listen to me. No, hold on. No. No. Okay. Because I was going to say, it's like a human juice box because of how they were saying how quickly her blood was drained. Yeah. Part of me, like, thinking, like, how I would suck in, like, a pop or something that I'm eating. But doesn't it, is it going through the fang? I no, the fangs create it, the holes mm-hmm. and then they drink. But I would how they made it look like she had zero blood, like it, everything inside her bone dry. Well, it also depends on the vampire lore that you're looking at because there True. are a lot of like 
traditional vampire where it it basically is like almost magical their ability to suck the blood out because obviously as we get when we get into what the vampire lore of of this is because me and mary kate who are both vampire freaks were shocked when we found something that happened later yeah but it, uh, when i looked it up i realized that i had heard it before i just didn't remember any of it and i had never heard of that yeah. tradition i was like oh i'm like but that's honestly kind of cool um, most of what they took from of vampires in this is taken directly from Dracula. Uh, yeah. and it's because they call him Bella Lugosi later. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Um, actually the Bella Lugosi comment is before this. Oh, really? Yeah, because this is, this happened at the first, uh, is- the first DA meeting, mm-hmm. and the Bella Lugosi comment was when he went to the third girl's Girl. body. Yeah. Um, my next note says giant butterfly, dead, because again, same conversation. Mm-hmm. My next few notes are all about this conversation because it was a very long conversation and I was laughing for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, honestly, if they had said that a giant butterfly killed them, they would have believed that more than a vampire. Yeah, which goes to show how absolutely um, dense these people are. And, like, I would feel smart in a room full of these people. That's saying a lot. But also, it wasn't even... Um... And, they, and they show, like, some, like everyone in the town... I, I shouldn't say everyone in the town, but everyone in power in the town seems to hold some, like, weird grudge against Kolchak for zero reason. Um, His and- boss... The next note says, why is Mr. Sheriff so anti-vampire? Because this the, the sheriff just, every time anybody said anything, he just started screaming. Yeah, he's like, keep it short. Do the, don't talk too long. You're going to run out of thin ice. I'm like, what the hell are you talking this about? This man just apparently, I guess a vampire killed his mom And he something. looked really sweaty the whole time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he was really sweaty. Mm-hmm. You could see it in the, the little fading hairline he had up here and his eyebrows. I wonder if that was a wig. No, because you could see his scalp. So, no, wait, no, you couldn't. Sorry. No, that was too dense. The curly the curly hair on the sheriff, though, that almost, and how sweaty his face was, it almost made so, me feel like he had a really terrible wig, wig on, on. And he was getting really hot because of the stage lights. Yeah. I was like, fuck, man. That's why he was so angry. It wasn't <laughs> because he was mad at Kolchak. It was because, like, get this fucking toupee off my head. Yeah. Thank you. Um. Next note says, high on pot or the hard stuff. Because they were like, this person who may think that they are a vampire who might be high on pot or the hard stuff. Was cocaine, cocaine was big then. Is it the hard stuff that they're talking about? Would be coke? Honestly. Or crack. Is it the I same mean, thing? I don't know drugs. Crack is a fucked up version of coke. Like it's a. Isn't it like the cheap coke? Yeah, it's not. And can you like use it on a spoon? Or is that heroin? Or is that meth? I don't know drugs. <laughs> you can do any of them with a spoon. You have weed? Well, if you have it in jello. God bless you. What? <laughs> is it a lem- lemon cello? <laughs> I said if you have it in jello, like an edible. Oh, I thought you said unless you have angelo. And I was like, Yeah, Angelo. Unless Angelo <laughs> gives it to you, then he gives it to you if on Angelo a spoon. Angelo gives you the oregano. You're in it. You're in for a fun time. Uh, no, I just found the concept of someone saying everything other than pot is the hard <laughs> stuff. It's like, oh, the 70s. What a time to be alive. <laughs> um, this is the note that I've done. Um, 
ew, that guy's attitude is as ugly as his eyebrows. There we go. About the DA. Yes. Now, mind you, when I when Mary Kate said, oh, yeah, like, let's look through my journal. I want you to see some of my notes. And I just saw eyebrows. And I was like, who? Was it about almost everyone on, in this movie? Because we thought Michael Chancellor's brows were like the, no, nay, nay. We were wrong. And I recently saw the actor who plays Michael Chancellor in The Flash. I got to that episode. His eyebrows a lot more tame than that show. I think he is a very normal looking person. I just think that they were trying to make him look angry. Yeah, but they made him look like Bert instead. I'm like, you're the angry Muppet from Sesame Street. Um, you don't scare me. But no, this this one was not. I mean, the '70s were a very a time of very natural facial hair, anyway. Mm-hmm. And this man was probably 82 and had gray eyebrows that were like you could braid them. Yeah, and. Like, you know the ones that just, like, grow so unruly and, like, some of them, but they're, like, like, straight up. Yeah, it's like he combed his eyebrows back. Yeah. It's like he gave his eyebrows a comb over and they reached his fucking hairline. They were really mad. Y'all know how I feel about eyebrows. I literally halfway through that movie looked at Monica and said, already found somebody whose eyebrows I hate. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should be a thing. In the next support show, we have to find someone's who uh, someone's eyebrows we just simply cannot like. I mean, I dislike ninety percent of human beings' eyebrows. I do not understand. Part of it is because I'm blessed. Yeah, like I shade mine off, but I think I do a good job from going from nothing to this. Yeah, my eyebrows—they are colored in because I'm albino, but they are a hundred percent. Not reshaped, plucked, tweezed, no. anything. These are my eyebrows. And the thing, because like, I was trying to do Mary Kate. I did a majority of Mary Kate's makeup. She did her eyeliner and her eyebrows because I could not do her eyebrows with powder. Because I haven't used powder on mine. And it's just me working with powder just was making it a little too messy. So I was like, I'm going to let you take care of your brows. Because I've been using pomades for so long and just haven't been used to anything else. No, I literally just take eyeshadow to make them a little bit browner and then brush them out. Because... Yes, you are. Only thing that I'm happy about is, like, looking at each other and talking. Everyone gets to see how fucking bomb this highlight is. Boom. Face. Like, look. Look at that. How sexy. Underneath the brow bone. See that? Oh, under the brow bone. It looks really good. I know. God, I'm literally a god. Once again, thank you so much. Um, A few of my notes are going to get very political, so I apologize. And by apologize, I mean I don't. Um... Could you imagine Cole Shock trying to write for today's mainstream media? To not get controversial or anything like that. Um, that would be that would be really hard. Be be very hard. Regardless of whatever side politically you're on, there I feel like it would be extremely because either Here's the thing. Corporate media, we were actually just talking about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. My dad and Renee and I. We we're talking about how corporate media is not information. It's infotainment. Yes. It doesn't matter what's true. It matters what will make people watch it's your true. channel exactly. or read your book. And so, like, I'm sorry to anyone who believes that newspapers are still telling the truth. They're not. Um, I mean... I disagree with They're, they're not. not. Um, but Kolshak, most of his fights with the police and with, like, his boss and everything are about the fact that the people need to know no, what's going on. The only people who don't know what's going on are the people. And his boss literally goes, 
that's the point. And I was like, there we go. Ooh. I think Kolchak would, you know, die of, like, a, a stroke if he had to, like, go and, like, and every, like. And I just was imagining Kolchak in a boardroom at CNN trying to get them to write the truth. That'd be an interesting thing to see. I, like, I want the character to exist now. Okay. And I know they made a reboot of the show, which I think we should also watch. But I, but it wasn't as successful. Okay. And part of that is because I think that it's hard to write anti-establishment when you are the establishment. establishment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I will write Kolchak <laughs> in 2021. Like, because I'm all for, like, anti-establishment stuff. Like, in the, especially in the 70s. I love what a lot of that stuff so like literally just a base principle like listen do an acid i listen do you i will never do acid i don't think that it's a good choice for you to make but that's not for me to call it's but, not that bad but i don't know i like like i just like the whole basis of like love people but fuck the people who are me but like love everyone like if anyone's a dick to you be a dick back, but treat everyone that is nice to you. I'm not really worried not. about if you're nice or not. I'm just worried about whose job it is to decide what nice is. True. I, if you're going to come to me and be like, you're a fucking piece of shit, I'm like, no, you are too. Bye-bye. Well, no. I mean, interpersonal relationships are yeah. like, but like, who gets to decide what is right and what is wrong? It should not be the government. Sorry. Not Sorry. Listen, I have a feeling let's that... Let's talk about the patriarchy. Let's do it right now. Let's go. What patriarchy? True. It's not a patriarchy. What? That's the thing. That's the thing. Feminism is like, let's overthrow the patriarchy. But in order for... But there is no patriarchy. At this point, what is not equal? Hmm. I, Sorry, I'm going to... I have a feeling that because Kolchak has a lot to do with police yeah. and like believability and mm-hmm. news media that this is going to get slightly more political than I was in Hemlock Grove. Yeah, and like for me, I'm very moderate on a lot of things. I'm not. And I'm, she, I'm an asshole. She understands where I stand on a lot of things and we don't ever like let that ever come between no. our work or anything like that. We'll always have different opinions. I'm more one... We don't really have as many different opinions as you think though. Yeah, and like there's sometimes where like I don't like voicing my stuff, not because I'm like, it's not, I just don't like talking about politics. I just don't like to cause drama when it's unnecessary, but also, let's be honest, this is my podcast, this is my thoughts, why would I, why should I not share it? Uh, My next note says, I want a 70s TV soundtrack whenever I'm doing anything. Oh yeah, the music was really good, and I know your dad said the person who's doing the music in the movies does not do it in the show. But still, the theme. No, of, I don't think he meant that. I just think he means the theme from the show oh, wasn't in the movies. Because I didn't. Yeah, I think that's what he meant. Because I'm like, I didn't hear the theme song that you showed me. And I yeah, no, no, no. Because that's song. the TV theme song. But and this was a movie, so mm-hmm. it didn't really have a theme song. Yeah. Uh, Only thing I will say that was kind of awkward was during the opening credits, there was no music. I loved it. And I was like, was this so makes weird. me so uncomfortable. I love it. And I think that was the point. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the '70s TV is like. Soundtrack. When I was driving in his car, I was like, I need this to be playing every time I'm driving in my car. Yes, thank you. That's why I like listening to 70s music in my car. No, but I don't like 70s band music. I like 70s TV soundtrack Tracks. awkward music. 
then what we do is we basically just go on Spotify, download, like, or YouTube, YouTube MP3, or not. I don't know if that's illegal. That might be pirating. Anyway, you, um, get, like, the Brady Bunch, like, just, like, stock music and just play it in your car every time you go anywhere. Because I feel like that would give you the same effect. Yeah, um... I mean, the guy even dresses like a vampire. <laughs> he d- okay. For well, first, when they were describing him... Yeah. It was either vampire or literally any emo boy from 2005. Right. Who, like, where's the line? There was no line, except that he he looked old. Like, it looked like... Yeah. It was a dark, like, Barnabas. Yeah. Dark shadows. But, vampire. like, they had this scene where you only saw the back of him, and he was walking through the, the casino, mm-hmm. and everybody's wearing, like, bright, drunk... Vegas clothes, and mm. he's wearing, like, the most formal suit, and it I was like... like he just came from a funeral, and then decided like, to go to Vegas. Literally, this guy's vampire. <laughs> um, loved the eye shot. Oh, yeah, okay, that's what I want to talk about. Yes. Um, the eye shot where they showed him just his eyes, they were, like, bloodshot, and I, were his pupils red? I couldn't tell if they were or weren't. No, but there was a lot of... It red. was just a lot of red around and in his, his eyes. eyes. Which I don't know how they did that, because that was creepy. It was so um, but the actual shot of it was very similar to the shot that they would use of Pazuzu in, um, The Exorcist. And it had that same kind of, and they but, only showed it twice, too. Yeah, but it almost felt like, um... Felt Lugosi as well. Yeah, but it was like, it was as if you were the rearview mirror of the car, mm-hmm. the way the shadow was on his face. face. And I was like, that is terrifying. Yeah, it was really, really creepy. Um, and that I will give credit for. Like, that that they, I can't speak, in the 70s, like, especially with um, The Exorcist, once again, a movie in that time that scarred people who <laughs> went and saw it, and Pazuzu being one of those infamous. Yeah. It, like, his face was only shown on screen twice in the whole movie. And he would give people nightmares to this day. And, like, that's one of the reasons my mom hates that movie, along with Reagan and spinning her head around, but that's side the point. But using imagery like that to give the unsettling feelings is really, really interesting. And it sucks because I feel like us, as we've gotten older, as, you know, generations have gone on, seeing scary imagery just doesn't give the adrenaline rushing anymore. But I think that there's something to be said for um, the way classic horror didn't, because, like, we were talking about jump scares and, yeah. and today, and, like, I think that jump scares when it's the use of, like, CG and, like, comp- and like splicing images in, like, too fast, mm-hmm. it, like, causes anxiety because your brain can't process, process it, it. Mm-hmm. whereas this, like, the way that they heighten it, it, like, is a much more natural fear, Feel yes. and it's, like, it feels... It feels almost scarier because it, it it doesn't feel fake. Exactly. We're like the only like one of the only jump scares that I think really deserves credit from a I guess you wanna see current movie which was made in the last, you know, two like last decade or so, um, was the very first insidious movie with the lipstick man's face. I don't know, the um the there's some moments in the Babadook that are fucked up. Yes. And um Winchester was not a great movie, but the jump scares There's in that movie good. were 
terrifying. Yeah, like there are like some... there would literally be moments when I was watching Winchester would be like, I know something's gonna pop out. Like I know I can feel in the music. I mm-hmm. it's been too long. Something's gonna pop out, and then it did, and I still fell over. Yeah. Like I was like I was prepared for it, and it still was. And too... like I would love to see a horror movie take on the style like currently take on the style of a seventies where it makes you. So I keep drinking pop, um, where it makes you gradually get that increase of fear, and then have it just hit that peak. This is not because. So I just watched a brand new Netflix movie was premiered on like April 29th. So mm-hmm. it's like a week old. Um, called Things Heard and Seen. I think you've told me about yes. this one. So the thing that I'm still mad about the ending. Mm-hmm. Still very mad about the ending. But the thing that I really liked about that was because it's a movie about ghosts, mm-hmm. and so like. There's a bunch of times where the ghost appears in the house and it's like behind somebody or like in a corner and it it has like that jump feeling really? but not in, in the, your face not like in the anxious cues. way just like it's like like you'll walk and you'll realize that as she walked past you'll realize mm-hmm. there's a was a face like, next to her and you and you have a minute mm-hmm. to process so it like it's done in a way where you're like oh that's there that yeah without being like oh and, yeah and I and I honestly am so mad that I hated the ending because the movie was it's really so good. good. Like with I know I talk about Hereditary a lot on the podcast, yeah. but one of the scenes in Hereditary is towards the end of the movie, and the mom is literally like spider crawled up in the onto the ceiling, but the background is so dark that you can only slightly see her figure there, and you only really see her son lit up. So if you're not paying attention, and then when you realize you're like, oh shit, then you start to see her moving and like crawl, like ew, like that is one of those things where I'm like. I don't mind that because it's a, you have to let it settle in and yeah. really pay attention to the surroundings. And I feel like doing that, I feel like works better than cheesy, corny jump scares. What did your funny ass notes say? If only Kolshak had vampirefreaks.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I almost bought stuff from there very recently and I hate that the website is still up and I hate that I almost pressed add to cart and purchased something from there. Don't <laughs> judge me. Listen, I wasn't alive in 2008 to go to VampireFreaks.com and to buy that stuff. I didn't buy it, though. We were just watching a Bailey Tarion video about a girl from 2006 who killed her brother. I didn't know that it was a chat site for people who thought they were vampires. I thought it was just a clothing website because it had clothes on it. Unless someone just took the domain and now uses it to sell clothes. I don't know. I did not know that that was, was a like, weird it's vampire like space for vampires. It's a vampire role-playing chat room in there, and I don't like that. I also was thinking of the scene in Twilight where Bella's Googling all the symptoms of Edward to see if he's a vampire. It's like, everything, but the thing is, it's funny because Edward was right. Everything that she was Googling would have been an adrenaline rush. How did you get the vampire? I mean, it's very aware. Where I don't like Google, I'm going to tell you. There's no studies. There's just lore. Holy cow, this is bad fight choreo. Oh, uh, that was when he was in the, the hospital. hospital. So, I mean, it's the 70s. They don't have a lot of, like, stunt people. Mm-hmm. The choreo, the fight choreo wasn't awful for the most part. Mm-hmm. But the very first fight scene, and this is what, this is where I was done. Mm-hmm. The very first fight scene, the vampire pushes the nurse back, and you see the nurse pull the shelf down, down on top of him. Her. And I was like. I, hey, you had to do what you had to do. You're, you're not having. It's like you no. couldn't have done it with like a, a heel click on the bottom shelf so you can't see your yeah. foot. Yeah. It was literally. 
grabbed and pulled. I was like, and even when they were in the storeroom, he was like grabbing the, which I mean, these ones look believable, but he was like grabbing onto like the metal racks in there. And it looked like he was pulling them to make it look like he was making a mess. Like that was an unnecessary mess that was made. It was, I mean, it's 1972. I forgive them. Well, yes, we'll let that slide, but it's just funny to talk about because, because I, it's so, it looks so extra. It was so, it was literally like, the worst thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. No. We've already watched Hemlock Grove. We don't no, need to... No, no, no. Oh. Uh, the murder scene in the opening of Halloween with the ketchup is still the worst thing I've yeah. ever seen. Um, <laughs> and that was the only blood that was in that movie. And that still makes me very, very sad. Um, like a true reporter, take a picture and move aside. I was going to say, like, a good neighbor state from us there, but that was not where we were going. No. But that could be, like, cool, uh, cool Shack's catchphrase. Read it again one more time. Like a true reporter, take a picture and move aside. There. Because he ever... And the one thing that made me confused about Shack's character, which I will say. Yeah. For a reporter, and also, I also not in the 1970s, so I don't know how they did reporting back then, but for a reporter to be there when an active crime scene is happening, like, when he's in the middle of the whole crime well, scene... yeah, he's clearly... Also investigating. Like, I would have thought he would have been, a, like, more of a detective rather than a right. reporter. Right. But my favorite was at the hospital, the vampire, all, there's a shootout, and the police are, like, shooting at the vampire, and he's, like, throwing motorcycles and, like, trying to move. And Kolchak is just like, picture, get out of the way. And I was <laughs> like, accurate. There you go. Um, and they used to say, like, back in my day, we weren't in our face taking pictures. No, they're at active crime scenes doing that. I was trying to make a joke, but it didn't really land that well. We don't have to worry about this. Move on. Um, the vampire was born in 1899, to which the DA said he would be 70 years old. And I... Me and Maria Kate had a moment where, like, wow, being alive in the 1800s was able to still be a thing in 1972. I'm still just... That makes me very feel... That makes me feel very weird. That was 122 years ago. That's cute. If anyone out there knows someone who is 122 and alive right now, please send them to our YouTube channel. Just kidding. They probably don't know how to use YouTube. They probably don't know how to use their legs anymore. They're probably bed. If you're 102, (laughs) where is your muscle going? You okay, Grandpa Joe? All the grandparents in the Charlie Chocolate Factory—they were like 60 and bedridden. I don't want to hear. If you're 122, you're up and using your legs because you're not. Why are the cops so afraid of appearing stupid? I'm not gonna say it's gonna say something to be an ass. I'm like, cause they're cops. But <laughs> it was anyway. nice sponsor, Sony. Sony sponsored oh. this movie. Yes. Clearly, because three or four times there was a close-up on the Sony logo, logo. on Kolchak's tape recorder. Yeah. Um a bar girl knitting in the middle of the casino might be my favorite unreasonable thing so far. <laughs> that. Can we just go to Vegas just to knit? Like, just sit in the casino and knit in a full, like, like body bar. Hunt. But she's, like, she clearly, she works there. She's a bar girl. She, like, is flirting with rich clientele on but purpose. But secretly, she's a grandma. But she's knitting. She's, like, gotta knit my cat's a sweater. Like, fuck. Vegas gets cold at night. <laughs> um, the traffic cam angles are interesting. 
Yeah. The way they film inside of the car is very unsettling. And I don't think that that was purposeful. I think it's just that that was... It's just a sign. It's just a part of the times that we're dealing with. Yeah. Didn't love that. But that was not a, like... Make or break thing about Yeah, it was not a, like, a knock on the show. It's just, um... Anytime that you get car sick while watching TV, <laughs> you would... It's very trippy, but I do like this, this and the one reason I love, seven, like, the 70s film is because of how it's shot, because of how vibrant it is. Yeah. I love the colors that they get I for... I wonder if it was actually shot on film. It had to have been. There's yeah. no way it wasn't. Yeah. There's absolutely no way it wasn't. Because... The, those colors that they got of the lights and how awesome, like, the neon looks yeah. in the film, that's what I love. I love that. Okay, no. This is, it's just trying to tell me about the film, and that's not what I asked no. about. Um, Crawford was a great fake-out. Yes. That, that was... One of my favorite moments. Kolchak is getting in his car, and it's, like, really he even dark, knows. and the music is off, and he starts to feel off, like there's something behind him, mm-hmm. and then his friend is just sleeping in the backseat of his car. Yeah, like, he sees a ham reach up from the backseat of a car, and he gets out, and then he realizes that it was his friend, but in all honesty, I'm like, great. But then I like that it wasn't. Yeah. It, it was, was his friend, so and it was, like, like, a funny little comedic moment, because I feel like it's a... I feel like I want to say, I don't want to say that it's strictly horror sci-fi. I'm like, this is a horror comedy or oh a sci-fi God. comedy. Yeah, no, it is honestly some of the funniest dialogue I've ever had. Like, yeah. I, I just... And I don't want to take this as an insult. It gives me Scooby-Doo vibes in IRL if it was... I See, my thing is I have more experience with 70s TV. Yeah. So, like, I very much felt like this, that Kolchak and Columbo would get drinks together. And I never watched Columbo. Oh my god. Columbo. Best show ever. We'll watch that for fun. So I don't really know if that would fit on this podcast. No, it's just a regular detective murder show. There's no supernatural elements to it. But then we'll, wa- then we'll watch that together. Just you and me for funsies. I mean, I guess murder is horror, maybe. Kind of. If you're afraid of actually dying IRL, that will scare you. Um... The house straight up is the freaking Adams family house. We said that that's the one thing we said at the same yeah, time. Yeah, they said at the same time. The the so Kolchak finds the vampire's house and he goes up to the house and as I'm writing my note, Monica literally says out loud, Well, at least that looks like a freaking vampire house. Yeah, because they it's funny because it's like they're trying to find out where he lives. I'm like, bro. You could look down the street and find his house from a mile away. It's, like, stereotypical. Like, the Adams family moved in next door. Haunted house. A vampire lives here. Are you dense? Right. I mean, but also, they are cops. They technically need to actually know before this going in, guns a-blazing. But based on some of their other behavior in this episode, I would have to disagree. True. Uh, um, my next note, I only wrote because of the conversation we had while watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wrote, cute straw. Yes! Okay. Um, it, it was talking about, like, could you imagine if you're a vampire, but you get, like, a little twisty straw to drink out of the blood bag. It would feel like you're drinking a Capri Sun, but, you know, a little bit darker. Um, I Those twisty straws that, like, spell words. Oh, you can put L-O-V. Love blood. L-O-V. L-O-V. Okay. Love blood. 
I thought you didn't say the E. I, I probably like, didn't, I but like, I thought I did. I you spelled up. Um, my next note is a note to Kolshak. I love you. No. <laughs> I thought we weren't hunting the vampire at night. What do you do if he comes home, dummy? Yeah. Because he, they, mind you, before this, he went, they got the police to kind of agree they need to find out where he lived and he was supposed to be, he's supposed to be getting tried like a normal person. But Kolshak was like, well, you have to go during the day because he's weaker during the day. Um, and he gave some all those pointers. But then he just, the exact opposite of every pointer he gave. He, he went at night. That is how it fits into Scooby-Doo, because why? Exactly. Let's go into the haunted house and split up, gang. Well, that's just because Fred was trying to tap it with um, Daphne. You cannot, because it would only be Daphne and Fred. No, and it Bel- wouldn't. It was Daphne, Fred, and Belma, and then Scooby and Shaggy. Fucking hell, three something. You can't fucking Either Fred was a horn dog or yes. an idiot. Both. <laughs> the next note says dirt and coffin. And this was what we needed to research because once I reread it, I realized that I was aware of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something that did not exist in vampire myths until Bram Stoker's Dracula. Bram Stoker made it up. Okay. So um, in this, in the Bram Stoker version of vampire lore, a vampire cannot sleep. Unless they have the dirt of their land of origin. So, like, the dirt... So, like, this guy, this vampire in particular, was born in Romania. So, the Mm. dirt in the coffin would have had to be dirt from Romania, Mm. or else he wouldn't be able to sleep. Yes. Cool fact. Um, Yeah. Especially especially if um, Twilight is your only reference to vampires, because... um, Listen, the thing... I love vampires. I just... Listen, I love... My other favorite ones are Interview with a Vampire and Queen, Dan- Queen of the Damned. That movie. Okay, God damn, it's fantastic. Yes. Um, Shelly's still alive. Yes, the girl. I got triggered. I was like, Shelly? And I was like, no, not Shelly. No, Shelly Forbes. Yeah. This girl with a really cute top um, is still alive. No, she was one of the green dress. Okay, with a really cute dress, yeah. is still alive. Um, and she is, you know, has duct tape over her mouth. She's literally, like, he's feeding yeah. on her, which is very different from the M.O. of the other four victims, because they were yeah. killed and drained in the same Now, I have night. a theory on that, because, so, I'm skipping one note to go to my next note, because I have a theory on this. So, Vampire Man comes home, takes a bottle of blood from the blood bank, mm-hmm. and reattaches it to, like, refill an IV drip on Shelly, almost. Mm -hmm. And I said, why is he giving Shelly more blood? Does it taste better warm or some shit? Mm -hmm. So I think what's happening is he wants the blood tastes better or is better if it's coming from a body. So what he's doing is... giving her a blood transfusion? It's basically giving her a blood transfusion to drink it out of her instead of the blood bag. So fucking extra. This vampire is really extra. Just fucking deal with it. Um, the note that I skipped is not really important, but it was a note for myself. Um, the blackouts show where the commercials were. Because yes. it was a TV movie, so there's a lot of places where it's really suspenseful, and then it blacks out, out, and then the next scene isn't really what you expect to come next, but mm-hmm. it's because they're, it's a commercial. This dumbass vampire is following the dude with the cross for why. Yeah, okay. First of all, crosses... <laughs> 
he literally was holding it up. I, none of the effects of what apparently what I thought would kill a vampire or repel a vampire, he was not doing a very good job at repelling things. Um, I he, think he was. When the, until the sunlight came out. The cross, he was like, ah, I'm going to walk right towards it. Like, he was just like, He wasn't able scared. to get close enough. He wasn't, it was as if there was like a force field. field around him because of the cross. But what I want to know is, if this dude has a cross, there's a force field. You can't get past the force field. And you have a bitch full of blood right next to you. Why are you going after Why him? are you following him? Go enjoy dinner. You're going to stand. Wait until he gets tired of holding his arm up. Exactly. That wouldn't take long. Or let him leave. Why does it matter? You literally have a... You're a vampire. You can kill him in one chop. Like, why? Do you want to know what she is? She is a blood um, Brita filter. She, uh, that Shelly girl. She's a blood Brita filter. You put the water in it, it drains all the shit out, and you drink it again. Uh, she's just looking at you. She's a Brita filter. She's I'm a not... thermos. Oh my god, she's a thermos on a Brita filter. I'm not that smart. I'm trying to come up with analogies, okay? My axonaut says good timing, Jenks, only not really. Because, yeah. so, uh, Kolchak falls down the stairs and drops his cross, because of course he does. Mm-hmm. So then the vampire is coming after him, and he goes to, like, chop on his neck. And then there's a very extended moment of him looking at the neck before he bites it, and then... Jenks comes with in with the cross. With the cross. Or, and no, with, and shoots, or, and hits him over the head. Yes. Now, if this was not a movie. He would have been dead. Right. Like, but it's a normal, like, superhero versus villain. Big, that whole, like, long speech that they do before, you know. It's like, I have, have to tell you my super villain plan before you kill me, as if that would ever actually, actually happen. happen. Sad. Um. <laughs> when did it get daytime? Yeah. Cause it, well, I'm pretty sure when he went, it was like 2 a.m. Yeah. or something like that. I have no idea. Because he could not have been there for a total no, of like four hours. No, but it was the same night as the swimming pool fight, so it must uh, have been like a long time into the night. Okay. Didn't make that very clear, but that's fine. Yeah. Um. Basically, as Jenks is helping Kolchak fight up the vampire, he pulls the curtains away from the window, and boom, it's sunlight, which... I have no idea how it became daytime. Yeah. That was a very short night. And then sadly, not sadly, that's not sadly, but uh, Kolchak ends up getting to the point where he uh, stakes the motherfucker down, even though he was told not to kill him because he deserves, like, a fair trial or whatever. The police said, if possible, bring him in for questioning. It was not possible. No. My next note just says, is it actually murder if the victim is not human? Yeah, I'm like, and is it actually considered murder if he was about to kill Kolshak multiple times? Yes, but if you read the police statement, that's not what happened. True. Because this shitty-ass anti-vampire sheriff just wants Kolshak out of town, and For he... whatever, there's no basis besides, like, they just don't like Kolshak. Yeah, I have no idea. We don't understand well, we, Okay, we learned that Kolshak is apparently, um, really likes to get his nose into police business because he's been fired a total of seven times before. No. Mm-hmm. Two in Washington. Two in New York. Two in Chicago. Two in Chicago and three in Boston. Nope, three in New York. Three. So ten times. He's already been fired from ten different newspapers mm-hmm. because he just sticks his nose in other people's business. So I guess like that gives you the backstory of why right. the police don't like him. 
But not enough for this shit. Right. So they basically frame him for murder and say either... You confess, confess to this murder. Either go to jail or get the F out of Vegas. Yeah. And they're like, this is a paper that's going to be published in what happened, not yours. And we, if we ever find out that you told the true story, we're going to come after you and make, and you're going to pay for this. My note to that is the sheriff is a shithead. Yes. We just ended up being really mad with the whole town. And he, they also said there's this girl that he liked and that he was going to marry. And they sent her away and said, because he was like, well, where is she? Well, I, let me go see her first at least or have her come with me. And like, oh, no, she's already gone. We already told her that she was an indesirable and she wasn't wanted here. And I was like, oh, so you're even a bigger asshole than I thought. I mean, it makes sense because the setting for the next movie is not Vegas. So True. he had to get out of Vegas somehow. But it's going to suck because but... I'm going to miss those pretty little lights. Unless it's happened in New York where there's some more pretty little lights. I don't remember where the movie takes place. Like I, know what, I know the show takes place in Chicago, but the yeah. second movie doesn't. And I don't remember where it takes place. I think somewhere in California. That would, It looked like a desert on the box. So... Um, so that was Kolchak with everything that happened. I think that the police have to be bad guys, like really bad guys, because you need to be on Kolchak's side. Yeah. Not that it's hard because he's funny. Yeah. But like for like morally, technically, everything that he did does go against everything the police told him to do. Yeah. So like the police have to seem unreasonable. Yes. But it's very true. The, the shitty thing about it was that Jenks didn't stand up for him. Yeah. Because the, the FBI guy is supposedly his friend, and yeah, he lets this happen. Exactly. So that was that was aggravating. But um, I guess we'll see what happens in, in the, the, the Strangler. Is that the what The Night is? Strangler. Oh, the yeah. Night Strangler. He doesn't just strangle in the day. And it's not the Scranton Strangler. It's the Night Strangler. It's not Toby Flunderson, I promise you, at least in this universe. Toby Flunderson's Scranton Strangler. It literally was his, the Scranton Strangler's car was in the Dunder Mifflin parking lot the day after the chase. I'm just going to let her keep talking until more people hate her as much as I do. <laughs> That's why I'm going to stop right now. And I think, so should this. No, no, no. No, no, no. Who? Do you want to punch? Oh, easy. Um, it's either between the sheriff or the guy with the eyebrows. I can't remember his name, so I never cared to remember it. I think I'm going to have to punch the sweaty sheriff. Yeah, sweaty sheriff was kind of... Like, I could understand... Because everyone else who didn't like Kolchak still kind of gave him a fair chance at certain points where the sheriff was just like, no, fuck you, right from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, and Saving Grace was... Kolchak. I feel like that's... We, I don't even think Saving Grace will need to really be a question this season. I think unless it'll just always be Kolchak. Because I think he's our only... Because it's an anthology series, I don't think we're going to well, ever get... no, there will be. So there are... Um, it is obviously Coltrane is the main character, but once it, the sh- the movie is different because the movies are a little bit disconnected because they're in different places. Mm-hmm. But once we actually get into the show, there are reoccurring characters. characters who like work with him at the newspaper oh, and like okay. in the police station. There are multiple characters who are in every episode. So if we do end up getting attachments to other characters, we'll let you know. But I highly doubt it. There's one character that I already know I'm gonna like just because I love the actress. Mm-hmm. But I don't know anything about her character yet, okay. so, like, I can't tell you shit. Um, and that was Saving Grace. Yeah. We can't we can't give conspiracy theories or anything because it's, it's not, a like, movie. It's, it's a not movie. really just, it's not really connected. But also, we could look at the trivia. Maybe there will be trivia. Yes. 
Nope, that's not what I wanted. That's still my Vegas residency. I'm going to go see Usher this year. I want to go see Cher. Cher and Mamma Mia 2 is a very interesting thing. You know, Fernando. I, I love Fernando. Let's see. And then when Cher. they did Super Trooper at the end, uh, when I tell you, I was crying like a baby. I'm going to talk about Mamma Mia 2 for a second. Um, I cried a lot. I've seen it before, but I didn't cry the first time I saw it. But the second time I saw it, the the baptismal scene. Yeah. And the very end of the movie, and when young Donna was giving birth to Sophie, those three just sobbing. The last one was like happy sobbing because I'm like, yeah. like, but she's also spoiler, is she's also dead. So like, this is really sad. Like the not like what? Um, so. There's a lot of trivia, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah, I love trivia. (laughs) The original script by Richard Matheson called for Carl Kolchak to be dressed in Bermuda shorts and wearing an Aloha shirt. No, thank you. Actor Darren McGavin said that doesn't sound like anyone I know and elected to use a different wardrobe. While reading up on the character, McGavin noted that Kolchak had been fired from a New York newspaper years before and thought, that's it, he hasn't bought a new suit since. So Kolchak appears in a circa 1950s suit. That, and I like, I think it fits love that. more. Love that If suit. he were to come out in Bermuda shorts, I'd be like, no, turn around. I like the hat. I like the, the touch the of the hat, though. Yeah. Um... While filming in Las Vegas, producer Dan Curtis was amazed at how oblivious the casino gamblers were to any events going on around them other than gambling. So as a joke one day, uh, actor Barry Atwater, who played um, the vampire, Janos Skrzani, was asked to walk through the Sahara's casino in full costume and makeup to see if anyone noticed him. He did this for over 40 minutes and didn't even get a second glance. And that's how you know that Vegas is one hell of a treat. At the time of its original airing, it was the most widely viewed TV movie ever with a 33.2 rating and 54 share. Holy shit. Yeah. I'm trying to blame it. Um, yeah. No, it, was it was really good. It was good. Um, my sister-in-law was watching it with us. And she was like, I thought I was going to hate this movie, and we have absolutely no interest in it, but by the time I was over, she was, like, super into it. She's also looking at me from across the room disgusted that I called her my sister-in-law, but it's And fine. I just saw her face perfectly right next to the chair, and it just... She's not a fan of when I do that. No, she thinks... she's, she's doing this. Yeah, I know. She doesn't have a ring yet, but she's still my sister-in-law, so... <laughs> she's like... There you go. When Kolchak's exploring Skrzani's house, he opens up a refrigerator and finds one of the bottles of blood stolen from the hospital. The bottle's labeled Richard's Benjamin. This appears to be a leftover prop from the immortal pilot in 1969, a TV movie about a man named Ben Richards whose blood makes him immune to aging and disease. That's actually pretty cool. That's just a random trivia. I don't know anything about the immortals. If you do, comment below. A planned third installment in the franchise, The Night Killers, was scripted, but ABC opted to develop, to develop the TV series instead of continuing the films. The plot had Tony Vincenzo hiring, to Col- hiring Kolchak to work for him in Honolulu. While there, Kolchak discovers a cover-up involving UFOs, a nuclear power plant, and important people being murdered and replaced by androids. So it's almost Stranger Things. Minus the androids part. That's, see what I said? I want to see him try to convince about aliens. I want. I wish that movie had happened. Obviously, I'm very glad the TV show happened, but also I want that movie to happen. Can we get that movie to happen? I'll, uh, I'll direct it. Thanks. And we'll, we'll gladly take a free trip to Hawaii if anyone wants to, like, 
you know, kickstart this, we'll, we'll definitely Ooh, go. Here's the answer to your question about the eyeballs and how they did it. Oh, sweet. Actor Barry Atwater was given red contact lenses for his role as vampire Janice Garzani. After wearing them for long periods, his eyes became very sensitive. As a result, he did not need the contact lenses to make his eyes look red in later scenes. Those were just irritated from contact lenses. Which, you know, like, cool, but do I know what's Also, like, me? that hurts. Thinking about that they, irritation. They must, like, the, but the thing is that the, the contact lenses, think they about, must have gave him, though. But think about the thickness of contact lenses in the 1970s. True. Ow. Ew. God, I would have hated been an actor in the 70s. And if, if I had to do something like that, I would not be a fan. Darren McGavin and Ralph Meeker, who appear together in this film, have both played Mickey Spillane's fictional detective Mike Hammer before. Ralph Meeker played him in Kiss Me Deadly in 1955 and McGavin on TV in Mike Hammer in 1958. Uh, the role of Scorzani was intended for Robert Quarry, but he was forced to decline due to his contract with AIP. The music from the 1970 movie House of Dark Shadows was used toward the end of the TV movie Night Stalker. It is particularly noteworthy toward the end of the movies as Kolchak and Bernie Jenks are fighting Jano Skorzeny in the vampire's house. So the fight music was actually Dark Shadows music. Oh, that's really cool. Oh. The vampire is named after Austrian SS daredevil commando Otto Skorzeny. He's named after a Nazi! Oh, that's really cute. <laughs> imagine, imagine that. According to producer Dan Curtis, the film was shot for $450,000 and filming was completed in 12 days. Holy shit. At a test screening, the audience reaction was so positive that producer Dan Curtis regretted not releasing it as a theatrical feature film. Honestly, I think it really would have done well as a theatrical release. I, this has everything you'd want from a movie. Yeah. It really does. Like, for... I, I love it. I love it. Will it bump Halloween out? Definitely not. Like, I definitely do love it. Um, the vampire Janice Grazani was played by Barry Atwater. One of the first series that the Fox Network broadcast was called Werewolf. The predator that turned the show's main character into a werewolf was played by Chuck Connors and also named Janos Scorzani, an homage to the character in The Night Stalker. This was a recurring character, and in an interview, Chuck Connors said that it was one of the favorite his favorite characters, and he thoroughly enjoyed playing it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know there was a show called Werewolf. Me neither. Claude Atkins and Barry Atwater both appeared in The Twilight Zone, The Monsters Are Due, and Maple Street. Wait, didn't someone else... Wait, what, sh what episode did one of the directors do of... Producer, do a no director, producer. Someone did Twilight Zone. Writer, episode. writer. Well, he what? wrote sixteen episodes of oh, Twilight Zone, but, but there he was won't... there was one that you and your dad like like spotted it, out. Oh, it was William Shatter's episode. Yes. <laughs> one of the vampire's old aliases was Paul Belasco, which is a reference to the spectral antagonist of screenwriter Richard Matheson's Hell House, a novel which had just been published in 1971. Oh, that's cool. Matheson wrote Hell House, the yes. book. Yeah. Barry Atwater's Dracula never speaks throughout the... Dracula character never speaks through the entire film. No, he never said one word. It was just... <laughs> weird noises when the sun came out. Yeah. He just groaned. 
actors Claude Atkins, Barry Atwater, I'm sorry, I think it's Akins, I think I'm saying it wrong, but Barry Atwater, Simon Oakland, and writer Richard Matheson all either appeared in or had something to do with various episodes of The Twilight Zone. Carol Lindley, who played, what's her name? The girl who was dating. Oh, dating Kolshak? Yeah. Um, and Darren McGavin, Kolshak, uh, would have both appeared in disaster movies later during the decade. That's just funny. Like, yeah. Um, Carol Lindley was in the Poseidon Adventure and uh, in 1972, and Derek McGavin was in Airport in 77. Okay. The vampire Janice Grazani, played by Barry Atwater. Oh, this is oh, this is the story about werewolf again. It's on IMDb twice. Fix it. <laughs> it appears that at 41 minutes into the movie, the house used in the TV series Bewitched appears. Oh, that's I, cool. I don't know which house appears at 41 minutes because I didn't, didn't care. read this before and I didn't stop the So go code. back and watch Westworld at 41 minutes and if you love Bewitched, see if that's the house from Bewitched. You're welcome in advance. Also, if that is the Adams Family vampire house, I'm really curious as to how they made that work for both. Yeah. Anyway, that's our trivia. That was actually a lot of really fun trivia, especially yeah. when Hemlock Grove had, like, one thing of trivia for the entire show. And I think that's what we're going to run into a lot with this series is because we're doing something that's older and but there's a lot of people have seen. seen. There's way more trivia. Yeah. Also because excited. it's actually good. Yeah, that too. I feel like this will make I'll be a happy show. Imagine us being happy. Wow. But I hope you guys are going to be used to it because we have another movie. And another 20 episodes of this whole shack. So basically series. for like the rest of the year, we won't hate what we're doing. Which that's fine. I'm cool with that. And then, especially when Halloween comes, we can do some cool groovy stuff. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I can't wait. Um, today's Mother's Day. Um, so once again, happy Mother's Day to all yeah. the legendary moms out there, including ours. Yeah, for sure. Um, but also... As you all might know, because I think we've said it on the show before, our dads are the ones who convince us to watch this show, so watch out for the Father's Day episode. That'll be fun. I hope. <laughs> I'm a little nervous about letting your dad talk. Me too. Um, but we'll see. It'll be great. It'll be fine. I'm also nervous about letting my dad talk, because if y'all think I bulldoze Monica, you've never had a conversation with my father. I feel like it's going to be more... I feel like we should let it... Let the we'll just, we'll just sit there. We'll, we'll like, sit there. We'll be the take, pretty faces. Take the floor, please. And I honestly... You want to know what? That wouldn't be a bad idea because I would like them to be us and try to discuss it how we would. I really would want... I want to hear your dad's makeup opinions. Me too. That's exactly <laughs> what we're going to do. They're going to be in control of it and we're just going to be sitting here. It'll guiding. be fine on my end because my dad and I are the same person. We will see you for that episode. <laughs> um, as always, please... Comment on YouTube, Instagram, Spotify, Twitter. Comment on Spotify? I don't know. Review us on iTunes. I don't. I don't actually know how podcasts work. I just make one. Um, you can uh, be sure to follow our Instagram page because things are hopefully going to be a little bit more fun over there. We'll see. We'll see. Eventually, this is going to be a real podcast. We're just not there yet. No. Forty it's growing pains. Forty-three weeks in, we still don't know what the fuck we're doing. It's simply growing pains. Um. And then uh, share this video. Yeah, I guess Subscribe. people ask. Do those things that people ask you to do on YouTube that we don't know. Hit, what we're hit that about. hit that little bell notification. So <laughs> <when we upload. laughs> 
That's what people do. I know. They're like, my favorite is everybody who has like a nickname for the people who subscribe to them yeah. as if it's any different than literally anyone else on YouTube. It. Yeah. Or like when they get really excited and they post like a thousand little pieces of set, say subscribe, bell notification, be sure to like that video. And they're like really loud and energetic. I don't know how those people get views. Um, I don't know how to insert the YouTube bell onto the screen, so that won't be happening. But you know what it looks like. It's, it's a bell. Yeah. And if you don't know what a bell is... Um, You're too young to be watching podcasts. Absolutely. Uh, so, again, follow us on everything at Death and Aliens. Email you, us. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at E-N-K-A-Y underscore superstar. Please do not send me DMs about being a sugar daddy. I do not respond. And if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at monica.lynn underscore and on Twitter at mon underscore lynn underscore. And I never have problems with DMs, so, but still don't. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Bye.